Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I am Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and today I'm joined by Ryan King from KLBK to talk a little bit about some high school football. Uh, you know, obviously, the UIL cutoffs came out today, so we'll get into that. Uh, we were both at the Abernathy game this past weekend, so we'll talk about that, their upcoming game against Canadian, that rematch. Uh, just kind of mention a little bit of basketball and uh, just kind of getting into it so ryan thanks for thanks for hanging out today yeah i love it i've, I've got to do the red reader podcast with carlos and don each separately right. all of us you know many times haven't got to come on talking in high school with you so i love it yeah so we actually brad and i were joking and said we're gonna have to get you like a little cubicle because you're just pretty much like a permanent fixture at this just, point just work here right. uh, in my part time i have to I'll just come over here and chill out whenever someone needs me just bring me right. over multimedia journalism tv that's right writing that's right there that's you exactly go. right just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So anyway, yeah, just um, so obviously, like I mentioned, we were at the the Abernathy game that was that got out of I don't want to say out of hand, but that escalated very, very quickly. A lot of special teams plays. Um, I was up at the press box. But what did you see down on the the main level? So I've been here a couple seasons now. I've seen Bryson Daly since he was a sophomore to now, always as the starting quarterback of Abernathy. And early on, like, I was expecting Abernathy to probably win this game. Like, they were the better yeah. team. But my goodness, the first drive, they just drive down. It, it was like a handoff to, for the final few yards for a touchdown. It just looked like right. a normal drive. But then a couple muffed kickoffs uh, there, you know, to get these next couple touchdowns. You, they drive down again. He throws in a touchdown. And then he has a 50-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Then a 60-yard touchdown run. Before you know it, it's 28-7. to 7. Right. And it turns out they were lucky to, uh, Friona was lucky to get that seven because it ended up being an absolute blowout for the Antelopes. Right. Wayne at 62 to 14. Um, honestly, could have won it even more than that. But it just looked like Abernathy's strength continued like it had all year. Their blocking schemes make these holes. And once Bryson hits them, if he gets a step on people, mm-hmm. not many players can catch up to him. Right. And if they do, he's strong and he can break through them. Uh, it just did not look like a good matchup for Yona size-wise at all. Yeah, I, I kind of was – I mean, I, I figured – like you said, I figured Abernathy would win. I didn't expect it to be 21 points in, I think, what, two, three minutes or something like, like that. Like three minutes into the game, yeah. Yeah. 21 like nothing. yeah. Because for nothing. sure they had the 14 in mm-hmm. like two minutes because you went with um, – it was Avery Clarkson who had just had the first touchdown mm-hmm. – and then he went and had the – was that an onside? I couldn't really tell. No. <laughs> that was just – It was a uh, – so there was one that was dropped. 
The other one, they were doing a squib and a hit off. Right. Of the, the one that Sagan recovered, I remember that hit that front lineman, <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't was sure about it. and it just hit right off him. Yeah, and then Avery did that, and then Sagan had his, and mm-hmm. so it just, it was like, okay, well, we're in for, you know, kind of a, <laughs> a long game. But That's exactly right. You know, I think, and of course you want to focus on, you know, the game at hand. I think that's something that you know, you have to do in order to not get distracted. But in the back of their minds, they were thinking about Canadian. You know, they remember last year that really um, the close game and just the way that the two teams went at it. And so I think that, that was the goal to get back to that. And I think they're actually playing them. It's a late or around later than it was last year. Because mm-hmm. I believe it was this past round that they played. round, yeah. Yeah, and so now they're getting a little later. And so I think that was um, definitely a good confidence boost or just them getting some things together once you get up that by that much you can now start working some things maybe getting ready for the next week obviously you don't want to say that because you want to focus on the game but you know it, I mean and they have so many different pieces you know Jess Hole who played some quarterback I thought that was pretty cool and Bryson had the catch yes you know yeah, that was so awesome. him and uh, Jess were in they had rushing mm-hmm. passing and receiving yards so that was kind of cool for them and then like you mentioned, just that offensive line, you know, mm-hmm. and then Miles Keith mm-hmm. had a, a pick six, which was his first varsity. They were scoring one. in every way you could possibly yeah. imagine, like, honestly. I mean, there is nothing – I don't know if there's anything you can ask more no. than at that point. No, not in the third round of the playoffs for sure. Yeah. So it was just kind of one of those games that, you know – it. and I think, like I said, they, they need that, that big push before Canadian – um, oh, and they, they, I think they've been thinking about him since even before last year's game. Everyone has said all season long, you know, as good as Abernathy is, it's all about Canadian. That's who everyone talks about. That's the perennial powerhouse right. in this area in 3A. So while they want to continue to win, and they were outside of a rain-shortened game against Post, mm-hmm. they are undefeated, and they've looked very dominant in many, many games this season, including in the playoffs, by the way, going 75 nothing, 48-17, and 62-14. to that's complete domination yeah. over a three-game stretch. Right. But we know Canadian is the team they've been looking at this whole time. And you have to be – I think you have to, if you're if you're Coach Daly, if you're Bryce, if you're anyone on that team, I think you have to dominate your opponents. Yeah, for sure. Because you need to get in that mindset of we are better than everyone we're going to play, mm-hmm. and you need to see yourself being successful over and over and over because when Canadian comes down, it's going to be a struggle. Right. Well, that's kind of anything. You know what I mean? Like as far as you can't play – I don't want to say down to the competition, but you have to play your game and continue to dominate. And, I mean, he took him out during the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which, I mean, obviously that makes sense. At a certain but, point, you have to. Right. I mean, that's kind of just a sportsmanship. But, you know, you want to work those things out because you know at some point you're not going to play a team that, you know, if you get a, a missed pass here or a missed block here, other teams are going to capitalize, whereas maybe the team right now isn't going to. You have to be – essentially as perfect as you possibly can be because there will be a Canadian, you know, that comes up. And, I mean, they just – they're pretty much dominating. <laughs> like you said, it's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, that's why, you know, Abernathy, it's always fun to see – I think I even shot that game last year because I believe it was up in Plainview uh, mm-hmm. with Abernathy and Canadian. Amarillo. Was it Amarillo? Yeah. It did. There was some game I shot in Plainview <laughs> for the playoffs. Um, I know we at least got the highlights of it, got quite a few of those. And it's just, it's such a tough matchup because that Canadian team is so physical. That's what mm-hmm. everyone always talks about. But what I've seen from this Abernathy team, it just seems like they've become a more physical team. Mm-hmm. They always have a little bit of finesse, which is, I, I think it balances it out very well. Mm-hmm. But when you have a guy like Bryce and you have the blocking schemes they have, it, it's just tough when you face someone like Canadian who 
it's almost like you're both so similar in that way and it's tough to beat Canadian at their strength. Right. Well, the other thing is that you figure, I believe Canadian. So coach Ketting had two sons on the team. I want to say last year, one of them graduated. One of them is back this year. Canadian lost quite a few pieces and so did Abernathy, Mm -hmm. but you'd never know that because I mean, they get up so much on teams mm-hmm. every year that you put in, you know, your, your freshman and your sophomore, so mm-hmm. they get experience. So by the time they get up to, you know, their junior, senior years, they've had that those reps and those plays. Mm-hmm. So there's never really any kind of fall off, and I feel like that's going to be something that may even come into play on Friday. Friday, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Friday. I think all of, our pl- all of our teams play Friday, right? Yes, we yeah. have one. And that would be Lubbock Christian, which we'll talk about. Yes. I actually yes. spoke with Chris Softley, um, Lubbock Christian's coach, about that um, state championship game. We'll get mm-hmm. into that as well. Actually, you want to just go ahead and switch over to that real sure. quick? So, yeah, we can just talk about that. They obviously had a, a good win over Colleyville Covenant um, this past weekend. It was pretty close. Uh, Alex Timmons had seven touchdowns, six passing, one rushing. And then you had Alex Lack, who puts it away with back-to-back pick mm-hmm. sixes. So, um, it's just been really interesting to see them this season. And, you know, this is Chris Offley's first graduating class. Mm-hmm. And so now they've had time to, you know, implement that system and get guys under it. And they just have – there's so much to be said for having a good group of seniors. Well, they're, they're such an interesting team because they've been number one all season long mm-hmm. uh, in TAP. So this is where they people expect them to be. And you look at games like this, which I honestly forgot about – Early in the season, we thought Sundown was fairly down because they lost to Lubbock Christian 48-28. to 28. Right. Sundown pushed post late in the year. Mm-hmm. They went all the way to the third round of the playoffs and lost to Hawley on a two-point conversion late in the game. Right. That was a good Sundown team. Yeah. And Lubbock Christian beat them by 20 points. Mm-hmm. And then you look at other games, and then they'll go at Tulia. They win by seven. And it just feels like it's been one of those teams that they've kind of been all over the place because they played Coram Dio regular season, beat them 44-14. to 14. Mm-hmm. They play in the playoffs 56-34. It's going to be a little different. You play the second time. But right. the one game I actually got to shoot was the Trinity Christian game. Oh, that was that a fun one. You were there. Yeah. Honestly, probably should have lost the game. Like, <laughs> and everything about that game. That Trinity Christian team is clearly better than they've been. Oh, yeah. But they're not a state championship team like Lubbock Christian is. And they got stopped on the goal line for like four consecutive plays to end the game, which great yeah. plays by Lubbock Christian. They earned the victory in that way. Right. But the fact that you're that close, I mean, you think if that happens ten times, Lubbock Christian scores – or uh, Trinity Christian scores seven, eight, nine of those times. Mm-hmm. So, but you go from that game to in the playoffs, they won by forty in the first round, then uh, twenty-two over a good Coram Dio team, and then mm-hmm. Covenant Christian winning by over thirty points. Right. I mean, this Lubbock Christian team is clearly dominant. Yeah, we go. I go out there every preseason. Love talking to Coach Softly, um, but they they clearly have built a power there. Mm-hmm. They have the For talent. Sure. They have good athletes there, like Cash Howard, the Alexes, like you yeah. mentioned. But this team this year, I, I mean, it, it, there is something different about them. Well, here's the thing, too, and I think maybe I could be wrong. And if I am, then I'll just be wrong. But I think the thing that people don't talk about is that just because you go to a TAP school does not mean you're less than talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, you figure a lot of these guys play on the same, like, club baseball or club basketball team as, you know, that go to the Monterey's or, mm-hmm. you know, the Estacados or the Lubbock Highs. Like, they know these guys. So it's not necessarily saying that they're less talented, mm-hmm. Their parents just chose them to put in a, them in a faith-based institution mm-hmm. of education, you know. So I think that's kind of what you see. I mean, that's pretty obvious when you go undefeated against UIL schools. Well, also, let's not even forget with Lubbock Christian, it's not just football. You can kind of look at them across the right. board. People know they can go there. 
and they're not going to dip athletically. It's no, not yeah, like, well, for we sure. Can, we can go have a faith-based education, all that, but the athletics aren't as like. You can compete with anybody mm-hmm. by going there. And it's their cross- volleyball. Look and, at their volleyball, their yeah. women's, ba- you know, their girls' basketball, their boys. Like, they, they are good across the board. Mm-hmm. Softball and baseball always make deep runs in yep. the TAPS playoffs. Like, that's they, they've built a culture there that mm-hmm. you know you can get that education you want. But it's not just football. Their athletics across the board really right. do succeed. Yeah. And I think we're seeing it with football really hit an apex this year. may not be the same next year because they are going to lose some of these guys we're talking about. But yeah. they've clearly built a good program there, a, a, yeah. a great program there. Well, even with that, I mean, you have a solid piece because Alex Lack is only a junior. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's not a bad piece to start with considering. And Cash was the TAPS player of the year last year across all sports. Yeah. Looking for a that's back-to-back right. this he year. Was. I forgot about <laughs> that. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he's studying like a baseball, football, yeah. basketball. I think baseball is one of his dominant mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and actually I, I talked to him today. He's um, I found out he's dyslexic. Really? And so, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting talking to him Didn't about that. Because, you you know, you have this vision in your mind of what dyslexia is, but then actually talking to him about it mm-hmm. is really interesting. So interesting. anyway, preview of what's what's to come. Just yeah, a little teaser like, I, there. I, I hear a story there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so they'll be playing... Um, Geneva Bernie, which is actually who Trinity Christian played in volleyball in the state championship. Ah, so and they and Trinity won that one. Exactly. So, the so West Texas schools looking for the sweep. There. Right. Exactly. So they'll be playing at noon Saturday um, at Midway High School, which is in Hewitt, outside of Waco. And I asked Coach Soffel if he'll be going to the silos. It took him a minute because he didn't. <laughs> he's not a big HGTV guy, but he just said no, probably not. So. But the wives might, the coaches' wives might. Of course. So, you know. But anyway, um, the next game kind of wanted to to get into. Um, am I missing any? What What are some of the? Oh, post. Post. The big win over another, West Texas. Another Abilene. Uh, Abilene. Wow. Another Antelope team. <laughs> we had that West Texas team. It looked like they'd been having a pretty good year overall. Like they were a yeah, talented they were, team. Yeah. And post just put put the beat down on them. They they mm-hmm. showed no mercy. And what is so crazy is we we were talking about this before the podcast. I've only been able to shoot two of their games this year, that being Sundown and New Deal. Mm-hmm. But their offense does not look like it should be as explosive as it is. Like It just doesn't. It looks so old school, a lot of Physical. power running, a lot of uh, uh, sweeps, mm-hmm. quarterback keepers. But my goodness, I don't know if it's their blocking, just how tough they are. And they, they can air it out, too. Like They'll, they'll definitely, yeah. when they need to, they can Slayton throw the ball. Slayton can do that. For yeah, sure. Slayton can do that for sure. But they just run it down people's throats, and all of a sudden, before you know it, I looked up in the New Deal game, it was 28 nothing, maybe five mm-hmm. minutes into the game. Now, the New Deal team was not the same team they had been, but they know... The thing I really like about Post is they do have the athletes. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good, especially for 2A, a lot, a right. lot of good athletes that can take advantage of that, but they know what they are. They have such a clear identity, mm-hmm. and I think teams this late in the year, that's who's successful. Last year for with sure. New Deal, they knew exactly what they were. Mm-hmm. It was Jet Whitfield. When he needed to air it out, he had a couple of receivers, including DK Blaylock. But this post team, they knows they know exactly who they can throw it to. They mm-hmm. know they have a couple quarterbacks that can throw, who can keep it mm-hmm. and uh, run themselves. They have a running back that can do his part. They yep. know they are a physical, hard-nosed team. They know exactly what they need to do to win, and that's why they are 13-0 after what they were 4-7 and seven last four year, I believe. 4-6. and yep. six. Yeah, it's er- – because they made the playoffs, didn't they? You're right, four and seven. That's right. Because uh, Florida won that third spot, and then yes. they got the fourth one. That's so right. They, yeah, it's four such a turnaround from last year, and they have such a clear identity, and that's what I really like about them in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now taking on a Holly team <laughs> that had to use a two point conversion in the last few minutes of the game yeah. to beat Sundown, and then the blocked field goal at the end. Yeah, so you, you, yeah, the blocked field goal, or maybe Sundowns in this game, and it's a rematch mm-hmm. of Sundown Post. So I think Post is you don't want to jinx them, but they are sitting 
as pretty as anyone in our district yeah. or, in, or in our area, in my opinion. Well, they already have two wins in common because Holly had to beat New Deal first and mm-hmm. then they beat Sundown. That's right. I forgot so. they played New Deal. That's right. But mm-hmm. not to the extent that Post was beating those teams. No, no, know? no. They weren't. That's that, the thing is Post, yeah. man, I... I'm just, I, I love seeing it. The first game I sure. ever shot, for those who don't know, was I shot a post game back in 2017. Just loved them. Love that they're the antelopes or the bold gold. They're kind of <laughs> out there by themselves. You have to drive through it to get out of West Texas, really. Yeah. But that team is special. I, I yeah. love watching them play. Um, they've clearly built something this year, and mm-hmm. I just love that they know who they are. Yeah. The first game and the only game I have seen up until this point was when they played Abernathy a few weeks ago during. Um, well, I guess it's more than a few weeks ago at this point, but uh, when they played them, and that was, you know, a very close game, and I was pretty impressed by mm-hmm. what I saw from them, and just like strength you mentioned, strength on that, strength too is yeah. very similar in that way. Exactly, and so I think the I've never been to post, but well, I've driven through post. Mm-hmm. The vibe I get is just that kind of blue collar feel mm-hmm. of just you know like we're gonna play gritty, we're gonna you know physical, and I asked um, Coach Pittman about that because I did my call and I was like, where does that come from? That physical nature is that something that you know, it's just innate in these guys. Is that something that you implement? You know, obviously you said that's something that we hang our hats on. That's our identity, but the guys have to buy into it. And so, you know, it comes down to, obviously, if the guys weren't built for it, they wouldn't be able to buy into it. So it's a lot of nature-nurture combination mm-hmm. there from a sociological perspective. I think they also feel definitely overlooked being like, you know, oh, for sure. they're around Lubbock, but they're about as far as you can get and still count is like the Lubbock area, you mm-hmm. know. And like I said, last year only getting four wins on the season. They've, mm-hmm. they've had a couple seasons where they haven't been as successful as they wanted. I don't even remember what their record was a couple years ago, but they were better than they took a dip last yeah. year. And now they do have more, more, more of an experienced team. But we were talking about this also before the podcast. What doesn't really make sense, and maybe it's just a work ethic thing, was a lot of these guys, this was the same team as last year for mm-hmm. the most part. Just a year won, older and wiser. Yeah, four, four wins to a thirteen, a ten and zero undefeated regular season, and they are mm-hmm. blowing teams out. Yeah, it's not, and that's the thing; it's not even close. I think no. the first two playoff games were shutouts. I want to say you can vamp them, but here it is. Uh, so for them, it was Sanford French was fifty four to nothing. Mm-hmm. Ozona was twenty eight nothing. Probably mm-hmm. could have been worse. And then West Texas was forty eight to fourteen. Right. Probably so. not even as close as it looked. Their closest game on the season. Outside of Abernathy, obviously, yeah. I'm going. I'm looking through the games, but I believe it was. Yeah, that's right. Their closest game was a was yeah the 14 point win against Sundown. Wow, that was their closest game. The only one that was even like <laughs> semi in doubt because you're yeah. looking at four sand by 32 points. They beat uh, they beat Roosevelt, who's not a great team, but by 57. Mm-hmm. Slayton, who was not terrible, they were a playoff team, beat them by 28. Hale Center, not a great team again, but by 57. Yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking a lot of times late in games they are pulling people. But at New Deal, they won 53 to nothing. I wasn't. I Okay, I had them winning. I did not have them winning by that much. I, <laughs> I could not believe when I was there, and I was talking to everyone was there, all the TV stations, 806, Jason was there, everyone was there, just talking to him. It was like they were up on New Deal 42 to nothing, like a minute into the second quarter. If they wanted wow. to, they could have beaten that team 100 to zero. If they really wanted to, it yeah. was over. Wow. And New Deal had not lost at home and stuff. I can't remember the stat now, but they had not lost at home or something. In a while. Like uh, eight, ten years or something crazy. Oh, it was something like crazy. And they had no chance in this game. And that New Deal team was not what they were last year, but they're not a bad team. No, they weren't. From what I said, they had some some injuries, I think. Yes. Yeah, they, they had yeah. some injuries in it, but I just, 
Holly might be a good team, but I would be stunned if Post lost this game. Yeah, they'll get Holly there uh, Friday, 7 o'clock at the Mustang Bowl in Sweetwater. In Sweetwater, yeah. So just in case anybody wants to go there. And mm-hmm. then the next one we'll go over to is Lubbock, Co- Lubbock Cooper mm-hmm. uh, with Wichita Falls Rider rematch from last year. Yep. Um, kind of an interesting one just because. Fourth time they've played in, uh, I think it's 13 or 14 months. Yeah. Which is crazy. Right. A so, rematch last year after beating them in the regular mm-hmm. season, they lose. The one thing I do like about them this year, though, it is weird that they already beat them again this year and they have to play them again. So it feels like the same scenario, but it's around later, and they already mm-hmm. did this last week. They beat Randall in the regular season. Right. They, had to re- they had to face off against Randall last week. So maybe mm-hmm. the burden of we beat this team in the regular season, we have to do it again, I don't know if it's as much of a flashback because yeah. even though it's the same team, it's totally they did different. it last week. Yeah. You know, and it's, it is totally different, but... They did play Ryder on the same day, actually, that Post played uh, uh, Abernathy, mm-hmm. October 18th. They beat them 45-13 to 13 at Ryder. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Cooper team, their only loss, and I believe you were at this game, yes, was the, the friendship, friendship game, one, the four-overtime four epic shootout. Yeah. And friendship was a legitimately – this was not the friendship team from the last couple years that's been struggling. It's a legitimately right. talented That was a great team. team. Yeah. But every other game, I mean, they beat Coronado by 14 – they, did, they barely lose to friendship in four overtimes on the road in a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. They beat Monterey when Monterey was a lot healthier earlier in the year by eight. Mm-hmm. And then you go down Clovis by uh, 20, shutting out Plainview, beating Ryder by over 30, beating Wichita Falls by 40, Wiley by 35. And then in the playoffs, 66 nothing over mm-hmm. Wyatt, 49-7 over Burgess, 58-14 to over Randall. Mm-hmm. This is another team that I, they, they feel like the most balanced team right. of more than anything. Their defense can be absolutely dominating, mm-hmm. but their offense with Nehemiah Martinez, with Isaiah Johnson, Jacob you have Kobe Dennis. McKenzie on the, yeah. on the defense. It just it feels like they are so – when they have it clicking on both ends, it's tough to beat this team. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want this to sound like a, an insult to anybody, but they don't really have one superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes them so dangerous because when you look at their stats, I mean, Kobe McKenzie right now is leading in tackling, but it's only by, like, I think 11 or 12 tackles. And then you have um, – who's the next one? Ryan Fife somewhere mm-hmm. in that mix. Um, and just a bunch of different ones. And then you go, you know, onto offense. And Cooper LeFebvre, for as quiet as it's been, because they have such dynamic running backs, he's had a good year as their mm-hmm. quarterback. And then you go over to running back. Like I said, you have, you know, Nehemiah, and you have Isaiah, and you have Jacob Dennis, and you have all of those guys that just, you know, Tyler Harrison that just come together and it's like, okay, well, if this one's not on, we'll get this one on. Mm-hmm. You know, like they talked about the, the blood and the water mentality that yep. they hang, you know, their hats on and that sort of thing. So it's just a fun team to watch from that perspective mm-hmm. of, cause you don't know who's going to make the play. And talking to coach Star and I, I, um, starting this, I, I, I go out to Cooper every week, um, just to get the availability since they don't get to come to the luncheons, obviously similar to right. friendship. Yeah. Um, but we, you could see, I would ask coach about this, but you could see Cooper, evolving throughout the year like mm-hmm. you can see yeah. them getting better from game to game for sure i mean you can see them struggle or like they beat uh what did i mentioned coronado by seven or 14 or whatever it was 14 and then i think you said 14 and then mm-hmm. monterey by eight uh nothing against those teams if they played cooper right now neither of those teams i can't think keeps it within i monterey does not keep that within 28 coronado probably doesn't keep it within 20 mm-hmm. and it's Cooper is just – you can see them gaining the confidence. Their defense took a step about week six, seven, and they just started shutting people out, holding people mm-hmm. to seven points or less, forcing turnovers all over the place. They get interceptions 
at a very rapid rate. Yeah. And that offense now, they finally have Isaiah Johnson back after missing uh, <laughs> yeah. a few weeks. Had some injuries you, there. You, you could see the difference in this last week's game. They even threw just a jump ball up to him about 20, 30 yards to the end zone. Mm-hmm. And he jumps up and grabs it because he's so physical. Yep. Uh, you can just see, and then Isaiah, when you get to the goal line with Isaiah and Nehemiah, it's game over. You put in that wildcat, <laughs> it's, he's either handing uh, Nehemiah's either handing it off or he's keeping it with Isaiah as his yeah. blocker. When you get within the five and they, they put that out there, I don't know how you stop it, honestly. Yeah, I talked to Isaiah yesterday and I was asking, he's just talking about Coach Darden obviously said he's, you know, a very physical player and mm-hmm. that's what makes him so successful. And so I, you know, I asked him about that. Well, he's the youngest and he has older brothers. I don't so have brothers. I was going to say, I don't have brothers, but I can just imagine, you know, having at least two older brothers and a dad who's just like, hey, because mm-hmm. my dad, he, I mean, there's a reason why I'm in sports. So. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, and but, you can see it. Nehemiah, when I did a feature on them earlier in the year, mm-hmm. I think I did late September or so, he's even said he, like, they've helped each other out. But what Nehemiah yeah. learned from him was just getting more physical, being around him. You mm-hmm. can see how he runs, how he blocks. Yeah. He plays with a certain aggression to him that Nehemiah, now has said during last year when he couldn't play, mm-hmm. and now this year he has learned to play with that aggression, and it's made him a better running back. Yeah, so you can definitely see where they, they play off of each other mm-hmm. and just you know have that good relationship, and that's what you need. You know, that's how you have that, you know, like they say, that blood in the water mentality and that, that bond and that group that, you know, you have to pick your poison with because they make each other better. And they've been circling. If you say that vlog in the wild, they've been circling right now. I mean, yeah. if you don't think they want to beat right because earlier in the season, Coach Jarvis said, oh, yeah, they, the kids definitely want some revenge for getting eliminated by writers. Right. If you don't think they want to absolutely do it again <laughs> in the playoffs to him to get to the semis, if you think about that 5A state semis could mm-hmm. have Lubbock Cooper in it, which is pretty crazy. Four teams across the entire state at the 5A level, which is mm-hmm. just one step down right. from all those big dogs in 6A, and Cooper is at least the favorite to get mm-hmm. there. And here's the other thing that we don't talk about or that I feel like hasn't been really mentioned, kind of the same thing with Estacado. Chip Darden is only in his second year as a mm-hmm. head coach. And I think that first year, right? No, it's the second. Or no, no, you're right. It is his first year. Because Coach Cat was the yeah, that's right. They were undefeated, and it looked like he was going to go out on top. Yeah, this is his first year. I forgot about that. And you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about hiring internally for something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, like I said, you see that with. Uh, Joe Cooley there at Estacado, he was a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, and they hired him up. And they know you saw him, they what, love him. Exactly, you saw it and what happens. And so Chip Darden goes from being the offensive coordinator to now the head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to change your offensive scheme because he's obviously going to run it the same way he's been running it. You know, I don't think he changed much on defense because obviously what Coach Cat did worked, mm-hmm. you know, and then he already has that relationship with those coordinators. Um, I don't think they brought anybody in. I don't think anyone was brought in. Yeah, he's still the offensive for, coordinator, right? Okay, um, I have to check not, on that. I think he's the play caller. I'd have to yeah. ask him. I've never asked him that this year, I but I think either. he still calls the plays. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like you figure you have so much continuity on a team. Mm-hmm. Of course you lose some big pieces, but again, when you have that, that close-knitness and you have that depth mm-hmm. that they have, I mean, it's it's a reload. Not I mean, even. They're literally the last two seasons combined. They're twenty four and two. Right. Their only losses being to Ryder in the playoff last year and a four overtime loss to Friendship, a six A school this year. Right. That's pretty dominant. Yeah. So they'll be there. And Brian, will you be at that game? Uh, yes, I'm going to. Abilene Wiley was, you know, 
I heard it was Abilene. I was hoping it would be Abilene Christian. Love shooting at those. I've never been to Wiley. Maybe it's a great stadium. I don't know. But yeah, they'll be at a bull. Is it called Bulldog Stadium? I think so. Bulldog Stadium, yeah. not Wildcat Stadium, because that's what Abilene Christian is. Uh, but yeah, for Cooper um, taking on Ryder, mm-hmm. we were talking about should have met in Plainview because that feels like that's pretty halfway. <laughs> and it's not a super long drive, but you know, uh, this is the time of the year to travel. But yeah, I will be there uh, to see Cooper advance further than they have in quite a few years mm-hmm. uh, to take on Ryder. Should be a very exciting game. Starts at 7, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. 7 o'clock and Abilene Wiley High School on Friday. Yeah, so K- KLBK Sports, you'll have your highlights live at 10-10. The game has to be over by then. <laughs> by 10-10 <laughs> when I'm going oh. live, the game has to be over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's where I'll be this week, Alexis. I'll be there also, so we'll we'll make the, the road trip and <laughs> head up to Abilene and uh, check out some, some football. Ryan, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, the only thing I'm doing this week, so last week was the um, – uh, becomes a bit of a curse, but all season long I've been wanting to do the story on Estacado having their family dinners mm-hmm. with the team captains. Uh, Where did you get that idea from? That's well, <laughs> it ended up being uh, Cassie from Fox. Shout out to her. She uh, she did do the story first. I think it was a while, but it had to be week five or six or something. Mm-hmm. It was a while back. Um, so I didn't want to copy her directly. So I made mine more about. Uh, Coach Cluey's wife, Courtney, and how she's kind of a mom of the team. She uh, has two daughters her own. They always Mm -hmm. talk about hashtag family all over Twitter and on everything. But she's the mom that, you know, it was her idea to actually start this dinner, inviting those kids into her house with her actual biological kids. Mm -hmm. And she's very much the mom of that team. If you're around them, they love her. They love her cooking, (laughs) all that. This week, ever since I came, like I mentioned before, been, you know, loved watching Bryson Daly play. I'm ahead of this huge matchup with Kane. I thought this was the week. Mm-hmm. I'll be headed out to Abernathy tomorrow to talk to Coach Daly uh, and Bryson, shoot some practice, um, but have a feature on Bryson Daly on Thursday ahead of their big matchup with Canadian mm-hmm. on Friday. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he's actually an Army mm-hmm. Black Knight commit. Right. So that's where he'll be. He'll be going up to West Point next year, so that's pretty yep. awesome. But he's doing a, um, a feature on a guy that – I think as great as he is, is undercovered in our area. It's because he's out at Abernathy. You don't hear about him as much. Yeah. But he's a great athlete, great For kid. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he drives that city. He drives that team. <laughs> um, They're a great family in general. They, the Daily. They Shout are. out to the Dailies. Yes, obviously his dad being the head coach. Yeah. Um, it's another fold in that story. But just want to give him a little publicity. For, and that Abernathy team, honestly, mm-hmm. as a whole, they deserve it. They've been very consistent for the three years I've been here now. Yeah. Um, so very excited to see what they do against Canadian. Be great. If they could win and get to that semis, mm-hmm. and maybe next week we're talking about a Lubbock Christian state champion, uh, Cooper in the semis, mm-hmm. Post in the semis, Abernathy in the semis. You never know. I mean, it could be a, a mix of all of them. Who knows? Anything but, uh, is possible. Yeah, but it's, it should be a, gr- a great week for Abernathy. But that's what yeah. I'm doing. Feature with Bryson on Thursday and going out to shoot Cooper uh, in Abilene on Friday. Okay, sounds good. Well, And then OU and Baylor in the Big 12 championship oh, yes. on Saturday with uh, – you know, Alexis is a Baylor grad. I'm an OU grad. She was talking some junk last last time. I it was twenty eight to three. Text. It was twenty eight to three. <laughs> Baylor was winning. OU ended up coming all the way back to win. Never bet on twenty eight to three. That's right. That's all I have to what say. What do you think happens this week? I'm not gonna say. <laughs> all right, then. I'm gonna. I've learned from my mistakes. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I think Baylor wins by fifty. How about that? Sure. There we go. We'll go for that. But the jinx is in effect. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Yeah, we're a faith school, so we're just going to pray that happens. <laughs> so, well, thanks, Ryan, for stopping by. And of course. Like I said, you'll you know be on the lookout for, for all Ryan's stuff on KLBK, and we'll have previews this week for uh, Lubbock Cooper and Lubbock Christian. And, 
you know, follow us on Ryan. What's your Twitter again? Oh, at uh, Ryan underscore King underscore now. Two away from 1,000. Coming on this podcast has <laughs> helped me get. I'm so incredibly close. I'm at 998. There you go. Uh, at last check, which was, I believe, like yesterday. So it could be different. But um, see, so if you want to give that follow, Ryan underscore King underscore now, what you'll mainly see, I don't tweet a ton, but what you will see is games I go and shoot always put out the highlights from every game I go to, just making sure the public can see those, any features, you know, things like that. But uh, yeah, so hit that hit that follow Alexis. And he'll give you a shout out if you're special number 1,000. Sure. Yeah, you're my 1,000th <laughs> follower. I'll, I'll tweet at you. Why not? And my Twitter is Alexis underscore Qubit. Then you can always follow Lone Star Varsity Pot or Lone Star Varsity Twitter at Lone Star Varsity. Follow us on Facebook and all that good stuff. So again, thanks for mm-hmm. Ryan for coming on and thank you all for listening. Stay tuned on the next segment. I will have Lubbock Christian coach Chris Softley talking about their journey through this season and uh, playing Bernie Geneva in the state championship game for TAPS 4A. So for Ryan King, I'm Alexis Cupid. Thank you for listening. And welcome to the second portion of the Lone Star Varsity podcast. I'm here with Lubbock Christian coach Chris Softley. Um, coach, what has this week just meant like in terms of, you know, getting back or getting to the state championship for the first time since 2004 and, you know, just this group? Yeah, in so many ways, it's it's similar to the last X amount of weeks in terms of preparing for a really quality opponent and, and putting in the time in the film study and in the weight room and practice planning, but yet, there's also a, a myriad of distractions now of uh, how we travel and where we stay and, and this pep rally and this interview there and this, and all that can be fun in the right context and with the right perspective, but <clears throat> if we're not careful, it can also lead to, to some distractions. So it's, it's been a fun week. I think the, the air around campus has been pretty festive and um, people are pretty excited and they should be. It's a special group of kids uh, what they've done is put together a very special season, and we're certainly thankful for the opportunity. We want to make sure we're ready when uh, the challenge presents itself on Saturday. What's the buildup been like? I mean, you go 1-0, and you know, you beat all the UIL schools, and then you go in district and you beat Flower Mound, and then you win district against uh, Trinity. What's that just been like? So the the beauty, you know that word, that process that gets thrown around all the time, Nick Saban started using it so long ago, but... The, the beauty of that process is, is uh, man, it's such a, it's such a one-week season. Every, op- every opponent is a new special challenge. And we're able to, to, in a good way, really immerse ourselves into each week. And so you get to this point in the season, and like I said, I'm not sure how many weeks we've necessarily been doing it because you just try to, you try to max out each day and each week. And so we have a Bernie Geneva team coming up that will present a great challenge. The good thing is we've faced great challenges this year. Theirs will be unique and different uh, in their own way. But um, that's the special thing about this season is I think it's parallel to life. And the lesson we want to take from this is is how to give fully of yourself to a cause. Uh, and I think this senior class is a great example that we talked about Cash Howard earlier today. A guy that fully immerses himself into what the coaches are asking for and just says, I trust you guys. I'm going to fully commit this, uh, my body and my mind to this to this cause and this craft. And I, I'm, I'm excited that the boys are getting to see the fruit of their labor. Like you mentioned, you have Cash Howard, Alex Timmons, Zeke Lott. It just seems like a really special senior class. What is it about them that has been able to, to lead this team to those victories and to this point? 
I think the fun thing about it is since we've been here for four years, we've seen them grow and they can speak to that themselves. Uh, we had them over last night for dinner and a couple of them were mentioning just how they can now look back and see how young and foolish maybe they were in some of their decision making. And it's, it's refreshing as a coach for them to have that perspective. When you're not having to point it out to them, that's a good sign. That means they're starting to grow in some self-awareness. And so for them to be able to look back and just be like, man, I'm, I'm so thankful for this coach or this uh, community, this school or this teammate or group of teammates that have helped grow me. Um, certainly, most importantly, they're thankful that their faith has matured them to this point. There's a level of sanctification of what we say is becoming more and more like Christ, meaning meaning you're... You, you are uh, you're growing in your faith and in your in your wisdom, but also in your discipline of um, the ability to to root out sin and uh, make wise decisions and try to do that better each day. And I think, like I said, there's a parallel to this season is, is as as it's a one week season for us with each op- opponent uh, is we're getting better as a team at dealing with some of these fix its what we call them. And we don't make the same mistakes we did six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think we're playing our best football at the right time of year. I think that's a sign of a really mature ball club. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that senior class of them paralleling how they're approaching life to how they're approaching football in the sense of putting their whole heart into each day and uh, knowing that when you do that on a repetitive basis that there's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a result that you can be proud of and you can live with. Kind of piggybacking off of that, I think you've basically said it, but how do you feel like that faith and football have intersected? Because, I mean, you hear Texas, you know, faith, family, football, but... Sure. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's so much out there in media with faith, family, football that you don't even know really what that means. Like, we can say faith, family, football, but if I'm away from my wife for seven days a week and I'm, I'm not fulfilling my mission to my first ministry to her and then to my kids well, then how much am I really doing a good job of being a, a minister in my family, of being a godly leader in my family? And so we admit that it is a struggle, absolutely. But uh, I think the question is a very pertinent one, is who am I first? And I, I'm a Christian first and last, and that's how we do our job, is from that identity. Once we, once we remind ourselves of the gospel every morning, and we can live out of that freedom of knowing I'm saved, I know who I am and whose I am, and now I don't have to prove anything. Now I get to live out of freedom and I get to coach and love on these boys, not from a sense of fear or, or pride or anger or rivalry, but now from a sense of love of I'm going to love others as I've been loved. And, and what a greater act than that than what we had from Jesus Christ on the cross. And so as a coaching staff, I'm so grateful for the guys I get to work with. They are sacrificial leaders in that same model as Christ. And that's what has, I think, led these kids to be the same type of sacrificial leaders to that to their next generation. I think the freshmen and sophomores, if you interviewed them, I think they'd say, "Man, this has been a fun ride." Obviously, winning makes everything feel better. Sure. But I think I think they're they've been really blessed by the senior leadership uh, and how they've been served well, and they've been able to learn well from those seniors. I didn't think about it until you said it, but this would be your first graduating class. That's right. Does that make that even more special? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a little bit more emotional. Um, just because we've seen the kids go through so many ups and downs uh, personally. And then, like we said, here at a small school, we coach them in everything. So Mm -hmm. football will end on Saturday, and there'll be sad tears and joyful tears. But then uh, uh, basketball starts on Monday. And so Coach Softley, the other Coach Softley, he goes right into work and uh, gets to go love and lead on these kids through, through the gym. 
And then when that gets done, then they go to baseball and track. And so getting to be with these kids year round for four years and literally year round because of the summer work that they've put in, uh, and it just makes the investment. It's a great investment, but it makes the reward that much sweeter because like I said, you can, you can look at yourself and know that not only have you coached up uh, young men and women or a good football team or whatever it is, but uh, I think we've made a difference, a kingdom difference, I think an eternal difference. And that's what we signed up to do when we took this job four years ago. And obviously you guys had a big win this past um, Saturday. Um, it was a little bit close, but then really, you know, make, got that distance and huh. that separation. Um, what did you see from the guys? Like you talked about just getting better every week. Yeah, it's a, it, there's a resiliency to it. We talk about that term max out, max out um, to, to totally give of yourself to uh, the glory of God, to what God has called you to be. You're really trying to be your best self. And when we talk about the definitions of what a max out looks like, it's rule fulfillment, it's being fully present where your feet are, and it's handling whatever life brings to you. So if there's trials of prosperity and trials of adversity, well, so it's a, it's a, it's a back and forth game. And I, the kids were stone-faced, they were locked in. Uh, we've seen it this year before in the Tulia game, uh, in the Lubbock Trinity game, in the Willow Park Trinity game, and, and they're locked in, they're soaking in what we're coaching them with, and they're, they're uh, putting it right into p- practice there on the field. And so I think that steadiness, you know, we would call resiliency, I think that pays off well because neither too high nor too low, able to handle what comes to you. And then the ball, as it does, starts to bounce your way when you put in a lot of great effort and a lot of great attitude. And so, like you said, it was was a tight game back and forth. We felt really confident with where we were offensively. We felt like we could put points on the board, that we could keep ahead of them, that they couldn't outscore us. And then for us to get uh, some big stops defensively late, a fourth down, fake punt that we held, and then getting those two pick sixes late, boy, that was a lot of fun because now it gave us a chance to celebrate on the sideline with with, uh, time still on the clock. And so that made it special. Obviously, the score not totally indicative of how tight the game was sure. but I do think it's a testament to the kids and um, and like I said maybe maybe their ability to handle the good and the bad as it came and I think that that allowed us to finish well. You got something special going on with people named Alex on the team it yeah. seems like. Yeah we got two pretty good Alexes they both they play the same position at times mm-hmm. and so sometimes we're doing interviews after the game they said man Alex had a good day running and I'm thinking you could probably say that every game it just depends on which one it, it wants to be but uh, Alex Tim what a game in terms of uh, passing for us. Uh, I think he had three or four incompletions, threw for 306 yards, and, and I think six touchdowns, ran for another, and then another 140 yards. So a special, special night in terms of st- uh, statistics. And yet, uh, I think it's just another, like we've said, just another step for him because he's been consistent all year. Some years, or I'm sorry, all, all year, some weeks it looks like great passing stats and some weeks it's him he's making great reads on the zone read and it's handing the ball off but he's making the right read he's just not getting that yardage in his stat column and so Alex Lack with the two pick sixes Alex Simmons with a big statistical day Zeke Lott obviously with a forced fumble an interception 12 other tackles and we could go down the line of seniors that are making plays the seniors on the line that don't ever get their name said Caleb Wood Cason Jones Carter Crothers Ryan Kelly those guys have been Warriors on both sides of the ball for us playing a whole lot of snaps this year versus teams that are superior, bigger, stronger than us on the line. And those guys have done a great job. We've ran the ball um, 
at, at a consistent pace this year. I think we're at 2,500 yards rushing, and and that's a testament to those guys. Mm-hmm. Who uh, one of them was a tight end last year. Two of them are basketball players, and now they're O line uh, <laughs> that's going to play in the state championship game. Uh, we're really proud of those guys. And uh, like I said, man, I, I really am so thankful for the time we get with these kids. And we're so, so thankful for this one more week we get. We, we know when our end date will be. Not many teams get to know that. We know Saturday will be the end. And so we want to we wanna max out every opportunity we have until then. Yeah, I guess that does make it special because, like you said, I mean, everything is unpredictable, but you know this is the end-all, be-all. Right. So. And speaking of which, what do you see from Geneva Burning? Obviously, they, they faced, their volleyball team faced another Lubbock school, and now they're getting the other yes. one for football. Yeah, so a good athletic program. They were at the state game last year okay. uh, for football. They lost 15-14 to 14 to uh, Willow Park Trinity, who was in our district. And that was a sloppy, hard-fought game. And, and really, Bernie Geneva has, a, has an argument that, that they probably should have won that game. It didn't go their way at the end. And, uh, and Willow Park pulled it out. Hats off to, to them. But Bernie Geneva is a great team. They returned two All-State linebackers that are that are big time, that are game changers, um, and their offense is really explosive. They scored 77 points last week, upsetting undefeated Woodlands Christian. And so they've they are battle tested. I think they're really well coached and disciplined. And and as we say every week, they're bigger than us. Uh, they have a great O line. Their O line and D line are the strength of their team. We think. And so they're going to want to pound the rock, and we'll have our hands full. That's for sure. I'm thankful that it's Tuesday, and we have a lot more uh, days of preparation um, to go. But then again, I'm also thankful uh, with the team that we'll be taking down. Is uh, man, when you get those guys on the bus, and uh, you feel like you have a chance. And being that, like you mentioned, them being bigger, but you have a quarterback that clearly can, you know, throw, pass. Mm-hmm. How much confidence do you have going in in Alex Timmons and you know just what he's able to do and then that line like you talked about? No, and that's the thing that we're most excited about is, is we want to be balanced. Um, and and there's some discussion on what exactly is balance. I've heard it said that balance is you have the ability to run and be successful and you have the ability to pass and be successful. It doesn't necessarily mean you average the same amount of yardage. I think that's a great answer, and that's how we feel. Versus Colleyville Covenant, we didn't necessarily plan to throw for 306 yards, uh, but as we got going, their game plan was so dependent on shutting down our run scheme and shutting down Alex Slack on the perimeter. They did a great job of that. Well, our boys did a great job of adjusting and going deeper into the playbook and being able to spread the field and us throw for a great number of yards. Well, that's the same thing this week is um, we will we'll, we'll come into that game in that first quarter and we'll have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be. We'll make our adjustments and the kids do such a fantastic job. They're, they're so intelligent um, and football savvy that we can go from, from power formations to spread formations uh, in the same drive and do it with the same personnel and those kids be great at it. So you mentioned it, it may end up, we may throw for 300 yards, that'd be awesome. We may rush for 300 yards, that too would be awesome. What I hope is we're doing one of those things. You know, If we're under 300 yards total offense, it's probably gonna be a rough night. But the beauty of this team is I really think they can be adaptable and we can be successful in many different ways. Like we mentioned the last time that Lubbock Christians got to this point was 2004. You know, obviously these guys were tiny, tiny. Yeah, two and three. Yeah, so what does that mean to just be able to, you know, be at this point and, you know, it's so long ago that Lubbock Christian has gotten here? You know, Alex Timmons said it best. I think he, he's been at Lubbock Christian his whole life, and I think it's a great point of he – it just feels like a, a culmination for him of 
being able to, I think, leave a legacy. And I, I can speak for many of the kids, but I heard him say this after the game was, you know, growing up, always dreaming of being an Eagle on Friday night for Friday night football and maybe not ever thinking that this was possible because they'd never seen it in their lives. Um, but now to be here and for them to not necessarily even be starstruck, they're excited for the opportunity, but there's also an awareness of, hey, this is the this is the same story, different verse. It's a it's a new week. We get one more opportunity, and let's max it out. Let's let's be really well prepared, and we've earned this right. And I think their diligence will pay off well. Is it, yeah, it is. It's history. It's legacy in the making. But talking about it doesn't necessarily help us do our job on Saturday. Right. And so the 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 thankful heart on my part for these kids is I think they have a workmanlike mentality to today's practice. I think they're going to be locked in. We're putting in the scouting report today. I bet our effort's really, really high today. And I bet I'll ask them at the end of practice if I have any questions. I bet I don't get any questions about travel or hotels or this, that, or the other, because they're just going to trust us with the game plan and, and with the itinerary. And they know, let me stay focused on doing my job. And if I do my job and my brother does his job, then then the trip will take care of itself and we'll have a pretty fun time. Now, the most important question, will you guys be going to the silos? <laughs> great, great question. Uh, because it took me a second to realize what you're actually <laughs> asking me, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a, that's a definite no. Uh, I will encourage my wife to get out and enjoy. That's the, uh, what's it, Magnolia, right? Right, there you trip go. enjoying see, the games. See, I'm trying to be more uh, aware. I don't know anything about that. I know it's something about Food Network and maybe they have an HG show or something. Mm-hmm. And I know they're great for Waco. That's great. What we'll do is, is we'll practice and we'll have team dinner and uh, we'll sneak up there the night before and go to a game and see the stadium and be under the lights. And we'll do what we call man chapel. We'll go behind closed doors and we'll talk about, man, what it is to what it is to follow after the Lord and how to love each other well. And uh, we'll love on our seniors and give them a chance to kind of say their their what they're thankful for, their attitudes of gratitudes we call it. And then we'll go to bed and we'll get up and we'll get after it and. Yeah, that's you know that that's the stuff that's that's uh, impactful. It makes memories for us. Um, I'll I'll encourage our coaches' wives to go to the silos, but we like just being in a hotel room and uh, shutting the door and and getting to hang out with our boys. Yeah, and all furnace is a little ways away. And so <laughs> there we it. go. So, but yeah. So, anyways, well, thank you so much, Coach Softly, and Absolutely. good luck this week. And thank you all for listening to another edition of Lone Star Varsity Podcast.